This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. Happy New Year to you. Did I say that last time? I can't remember. <laughs> I busted it because it's it's a week and a bit after New Year. Anyway, for people who haven't I haven't spoken to, Happy New Year. Uh, it's a thing. I grew up in the northeast of England, and uh, up there we kept saying Happy New Year to people when it was the first time we saw them in the New Year. I think that's a there's a certain logic to that. <laughs> So happy new year to you. Hope it's going well. Where are we now? Goodness me. The days are galloping by. What I wanted to touch on today was thinking about taking the long view with alpacas. There's multiple reasons for that. One of the things with alpacas is that they live a long time. They can live up to 25 years. Typically, it's going to be between 15, 20 to 25, but it, all, it just all depends. But yeah, they, they're long-lived animals. And therefore, the the responsibility you take on as you start keeping alpacas, um, particularly if you are breeding alpacas, then each generation, there's another 15, 20 years of responsibility. <laughs> so bear this in mind. There's also the length of time of gestation. The pregnancies last till 11 months, thereabouts. And that's a long time. So as one youngster a year. And this is, therefore, that's a long-term thing. You only, it, typically, they're going to be one career as well, because they don't really have twins. Um, not in our valley, anyway. Uh, you do get twins, but it's unusual. And often, if there's a pregnancy, which are twins, they won't make it to full term. So this is, typically, you're only getting one career per pregnancy. Um, and that's one per, per year. So it, it takes time to build up the numbers. And those breeding decisions, which male are you going to use on which female and that kind of thing, it all takes a long time because you're doing that and then you have to wait a year and then you do it again. Do you use, you know, working with the the randomness, <laughs> the, the, the look that's involved in uh, getting the right chromosomes in the right place? Or you get something different. You should get the same, you get something different. And building better each generation, trying to increase the the positive gene pool, trying to get the things that you're looking for, the fineness, the crimp, the density, the conformation in the body, the, the this is a good alpaca, trying to, to build on those things each each time, not introduce weaknesses and things that are going to be a problem. We're not just trying to produce more numbers. We're trying to produce good alpacas. And then the learning, the learning that we do, we we need to know things, don't we, to get started. And hopefully you've gathered that, that you don't need to know everything, but you need to know enough to get started. But then there's a, a growing time, a learning time, which goes on. And that takes quite a long time to gather the wisdom, the knowledge from other people and for that to, to be owned by you and to start to getting to the place of, of feeling like you know you know what you're doing. Unfortunately, it never seems to be completely there. There's always a new fr frontier, a new boundary that you're 
pushing up against as you're learning with the alpacas. And the other thing, which is a longer term view, is return on investment. Alpacas are not cheap to buy and they're not cheap to keep. So the the fencing, the things that you need, the feeds and things, and the the investment in the the, the foundation herd um, that you're starting with, all takes time, it takes money to get started, but it takes time to to get a return on that, and you have to be very intentional for a long period of time. You know, price of food goes up, comes down again, maybe, hopefully, and the other things that that, that vary over time. And that will mean that it, it can take a variable amount of time to make a return on your investment. There's the investment of time as well, but I'm thinking particularly of the investment financially. So if you're going to build a business, there are a bunch of things to be thinking about. How do you do that? What's the, the, the angle that you're going to pursue? Are you going to try and do everything? Not a good idea. Uh, what are you going to focus on? What kind of thing are you going to Going to head for, towards, and if it's, for example, to sell animals uh, as breeding stock, then you increase the value of those if your animals are also winning shows. So the whole kind of show side of things is part of the advertising uh, of the quality of your animals because they're being judged in the ring and being seen to be good quality animals, uh, and that improves the value of their offspring. So it feels like all things to do with alpacas, we need to be taking a long-term view. So we're thinking more in terms of seasons and of years rather than weeks or months. You know, it's not, it's not just a year, it's multiple years. And the thing that we can think about a year first, so you're thinking of birthing. So that's going to be in the spring, whichever time of the year is actually spring for you. And, and then the breeding that follows on from that. And then the shearing time, so the career growing, and then the weaning side of things. So there are some aspects in a, in a year, and you've got your health plan around that. So when are you going to do the vaccinations and uh, and wormings? When are you going to do the the standard treatments uh, for for whatever you need to cover? But also the the checks for toenails, teeth, that kind of thing. And you take advantage of having the animals secure while they're being sheared uh, where you can, but. There are other things you need to be doing during the rest of the year. So that all plans in. So that's that's a year kind of focus. That's a longer term focus rather than a week's or months. And the different seasons that you've got. Then you've got the multiples of those. So the birthings. Remember the first one that, that Ellie had when, when Ellie gave gave birth? She uh to to, to to it was a long, hard push. Uh, she's very compact. Hmm. I didn't small, and the baby wasn't that small. <laughs> the baby was quite big, and it, it was just a really hard, to my mind anyway. It was a really hard birth uh, in terms of she had to do an awful lot of pushing, straining. Second one was easier, which is normal as well. First one can be more difficult. So that was the experience with with Ellie. So then that is something you're aware of. And which male you would choose to use with her, and and what kind of offspring is likely. You're keeping your records. You're doing the things, and you still just don't know until they arrive. Um, and therefore, that could be a potential issue. Make sure you're around when she's giving birth, um, just to be to be sure. A lot of it, they take care of themselves, but not always. 
So it's all that kind of planning. That's the longer term view that you, you're thinking about, the thinking about the, the breeding decisions and then the birthings. And then the breeding as well, you, you know, how you're managing the males and uh, which males you're going to do. We're going to bring in some blood from outside. Have you got any, any stud males of your own? You don't need to have them. Having males around just to have a stud for, for that few weeks when you're doing the, the matings to get the, the females pregnant again. Um, maybe you don't need to have your own stud males for that. And certainly if you're investing in good stud services, it's more expensive, but you've got potential to step forward quicker. Uh, I thought you spend a lot of money buying your own stud male and he's underused very often. So there's there's a number of issues there which just stretch the the view that we have to take, the, this long-term view. So this was the the kind of thoughts that were, were kicking around. Getting started, being aware of the things you're taking on, and then planning over a longer period of time. So what does that look like for you? It may be that you've got alpacas or maybe thinking of alpacas. And so there's the the preparation thoughts, the planning, the getting the things in place in terms of fences and, and the field sizes, that kind of thing. And thinking in phases sometimes can be helpful so that you're doing things now, but you're also expecting that when the numbers start increasing, that you will also do this and this to manage the fields, to do the laneways between fields and and make moving animals easier and provide extra grazing, etc. And yeah, that's it's that long-term view. There you go. So thinking about seasons, we, we're still very much in a wet season and we've had a lot of yellow warnings. They've continued. And you, you look at what's happening um, – Hearts go out to you guys in California and the flooding that you're experiencing, just the, the rain on rain on rain. That's uh, really tough. So hopefully you, you're okay and you're managing, your animals are okay. So we've we've been having it wet as well. It could be snow and it's not. Still grateful for that. And generally the animals seem to be managing and coping. Um, so in addition to the two red coats, so Hermione, uh she's it's kind of shuffled down slightly so that when the wind blows it turns the the back up it kind of folds it back and my tidy mind says oh i'd like to to just straighten that please and hermione goes whoa hey no, no, don't come near me no i don't, I don't what are you up to no 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 so she's she's she knows i'm watching her and she keeps away the other day she, oh, poor old nona was feeling a little bit hunched i think she just doesn't look quite happy. So I put a coat on her. <laughs> she, oh, I had major problems. She sat down and she sat down heavy. I uh, couldn't get the straps under her. Then worked out that, that actually the coat that I was trying to put on her was a smaller one than she was. She was bigger than the coat was. And therefore I had to, <laughs> to switch for a different coat when the straps were actually long enough to go underneath and connect on the other side. So I was trying to do something that was impossible, uh, which didn't go down too well. But she's Quite comfortable now. She's got her coat on, which is really nice. Again, doesn't like me straightening. Can I, can I just can I just straighten that? Can I just... No, no, that's fine. It's fine. And near as well. She, they just move around and they have a little roll and they do various things. So the, the coats do move a bit. So you do need to adjust them slightly, make sure they're not creeping and getting too tight. Now, Nia's happy to stand next to me. So she stood next to me. So I was able to, when she was distracted with the food, I was able to just kind of take hold and, and adjust the straps back and put the bit that had... Flipped up in the wind, fold that back down again as well, uh, and it was a bit easier. She she didn't 
particularly want to be for oh well, okay that's fine that's fine it's fine just leave it it's fine it's just that's enough thank you that, that just, <laughs> it's really funny oh dear she's such a character but she stands and she looks at me she's quite tall so so it's it's, it's almost eye to eye and Owenna is the the other big the big brown girl uh who really is eye to eye nose to nose with you when she turns and she's oh she's a pickle she follows me around when i put the food out I, I get the bucket and I, and I put the first bit out and it's down. The bucket's down because I'm shaking. I'm pouring, pouring it out of the – it's a plastic bucket that I fold and uh, can actually pour the food out of it. It works really well. And she's worked out that she can – the other end, when I tip it, the, it exposes the end that isn't having the food poured out. And she stuffs her head in it and it, and it throws me off <laughs> balance. And sometimes I end up food on the floor and say, oh, thank you very much, Joanna. Throw this food away. So I have to kind of get close enough or even get too close to her so she can't get ahead in, in, the, in that bucket. So I've got to get it out into the right places to get some of the ones who are a bit pushier to get on busy eating their food. And uh, now then, is it going to rain <laughs> when I'm doing the feeding? Uh, is it about to? Am I gonna, are they going to clear the food before it, it rains? Because we're going to waste some otherwise. So I've, I've been doing a lot more just feeding them down at the stable and it just takes a bit longer. Uh, but that's okay. And uh, making sure that they, they have the opportunity for everybody to get to the food. And uh, so that's working well. We've got some new hay in as well this week, which is lovely. And that's, uh, they really, oh, they enjoyed that. So I was holding back on the other stuff, trying to keep it, trying to stretch it <laughs> to my next delivery day. It's now arrived. So the hay store has good, good supplies in it, which is nice. And so it topped up. The hay feeders and things, they're, they're enjoying that. The grass, less of it. And it's muddy and the places they go to. But they are taking themselves off and they're going and finding various places. The wind was very strong. And uh, the birds, there was a bunch of birds I was watching today that were uh, playing in the wind. Again, they just love it. It's that time of year. Strong winds and it's kind of gusty and all the rest of it. And they, they're just testing out their flying skills. So they, they zoom around and, and get caught in the, the sweep of the, the large-scale air movements. <laughs> um, and they go with the – and go against. So they hover in the, the wind and the various things. So that's always lovely to see. But it's, there was a whole bunch of them. There's a mixture of um, seagulls and, and other things. And they're all – it's like really big leaves being just kind of blown around. And uh, yet they've got so full control over what, what's going on. But they, did they have a smile on their face? They looked like it. These birds were having a good time. The Rush Reed Island, the bulrushes in, in the centre of the lake, uh, is looking particularly thin at the moment. It's really got to its low period. Uh, it's low ebb in this time of year. And there's not much left of it left. But there's still the moorhens and the little grebes that are busying themselves. And there's a little collection of ducks <laughs> cruising around. Do you know, we we had a, a lovely, the other day, oh, is this true? Did I really see it? I haven't seen it since. I always then doubt myself. But it was a different kind of duck. Okay, so it was dark head, white body. Aha, so that's a goosander. We've had those. We have them regularly. They come as, as visitors. So they they were around. And uh, they just came in for a day or afternoon, really. And then we haven't seen them <laughs> since. So maybe they'll come back when the weather improves. You just never know. So 
the the other birds were hearing some singing, which is nice. Hope they're not getting confused. <laughs> Thinking it's spring. It's not spring yet, guys. Take your time. But there's there's quite a bit of bird activity, which is always nice to see. And everything else is dying back, uh, which is also good. I think it's, it's a good. T- it's, it's part of the season that we're in. I like the seasons to be seasonal and to be what they're supposed to be. So there we go. Thank you for being here. Hope you have a good rest of your week and we'll catch you again soon. Take care. And if you can, go spend some time with an alpaca. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.